what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Welcome to another episode of It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. I'm Gary. And of course, I'm Veronica. All right. Last week, we talked about being born again. And what was necessary about being born again was the fact that um, when you understand what that means, that means a total commitment to, to God. It means that everything changes. You're no longer walking as an old man or old person, but you're walking in the new skin that Christ gives us by making him Lord over our lives. So we think differently, we talk differently, and we act differently because we are born again. So the process of being born again is growing and then growing to maturity and then walking walking all that out in, in the Spirit of God. And so what we are going to see from this conversation between Jesus and the disciples, some of the disciples, is that you can see the you can see the, some of the characteristics of what it is not to be born again or not to be walking in the spirit, but after the things of the flesh. So we're going to get started, like I said, line upon line, chapter six. And we're going to start at what we started out earlier is, is uh, we ended up on 20 verse 28. And now we're going to start on verse 29. And my beloved wife is going to start reading. Verse 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. So, I mean, that sounds pretty simple. You know, I think we overcomplicate it, but he says, this is the work of God, to believe in the one he has sent. He sent his son Jesus, and he just wants us to believe in him. But as we can see, we still have problems today with people believing that, just like we had problems back then with people believing that. Like you said, it's simple, but it's also complicated. Can you explain what I'm talking about when I say that it's simple, but also complicated? Well, since it's complicated to you, why don't you explain it? (laughs) (laughs) It's simple because it's just one thing you really have to focus on is believing in him. And being born again is believing in him. So what makes it complicated is that we begin to put some additives in that. We don't understand when Paul writes in Hebrews, just enter his rest and cease from your own works. So when we enter into him, when we believe completely, totally in him, we can rest in the fact that the spirit will lead us and guide us into everything that God has called to happen from the foundation of the world. And so that brings forth peace. That brings forth simplicity because all we have to do is serve one God, serve one person. But what makes it complicated is the fact that we are still struggling with that old man and that old man still thinks it wants to be in control. We want to say, I believe, but we're not ready to surrender that control. But the moment we do, that means that everything in our life lines up because our focus is on one person and one person only, pleasing one person and one person only, then everything is simple because it's easier 
to serve one person than the multitudes, right? Yeah. My thoughts on, not on what you just said, but on the scripture, when they asked him, you know, what must we do to do the works of of God? That's what they asked beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus told him, this is what you must do to work the works of God. And it was as if this answer wasn't good enough or it wasn't what they wanted to hear Mm -hmm. because then they begin to question him about the miraculous signs that they want to see, what miraculous signs would he give them so that they could believe? He's already told you what you needed to do. You've already seen him, seen the miraculous sign of the food from the five, you know, five loaves and the, and the two fish. You've already seen that miracle of him feeding over 5,000 people with just that little bit of food. So what was their reasoning for asking this question? That was a simple answer. Okay. So then Jesus responded to them. And then verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? And then verse 31, our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they ask him the question, he gives them an answer, and then they begin to question him more, and then they begin to recite what happened in the desert. Our forefathers, they ate manna. Then they were insinuating that Moses was the one who provided the manna. And then Jesus had to basically correct them in the next verse. Verse 32, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I want to slow your road for a moment Mm -hmm. um, where you could talk about uh, in 30, it says, therefore, they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What works will you do? Mm-hmm. And it goes along with what you were saying about why would they ask that? Mm-hmm. Since they've already seen miracles and signs and stuff, why would they ask that? Mm-hmm. Um, does this request remind you of a request you may have heard personally? As a listener, have you heard this question personally? If you do this, then I'll believe. I'll believe in God or Christ if he will turn water to wine. I'll believe in him if he walks on water or heal my grandson, or make my parents get back together. Or if you were God, then how come my mother died, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever it is, you fill in the blanks. But back then, Jesus was with them face to face. They could ask him that question. But in our day, we can't see him face to face. But by faith, we must believe in him. And what he did at Calvary should be enough for us to believe. We don't see him face to face. They did. They saw the miracles. They saw him do all these things. They t- they heard the message that he had to deliver. But their thing was not what they were asking for was not the things of God. What they were asking for was the things of men of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And so we as believers today, we are trusting in God. And Jesus says himself, greater are those that believe who have not seen 
And so we are the people that have not seen. Um, so our faith is, is been endowed from the author and finisher of our faith to be able to believe in such a magnitude that we can stay focused and, 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 and connected to him. And Jesus even told them that you're not coming to me for the signs, but you co- you're coming to me because of the food. You're coming to me because of what I gave to you, which was the food. So they were coming for their stomachs, their their bellies. And so then and so that question, why are you still asking for miraculous signs when you already saw some signs? And it's like you said, they they had not learned or understood that he was telling them about spiritual things and not the natural things. You know, it's like all the miracles that Jesus Christ did, you know, healing people, sight to the blind. You know, just all these different amazing miracles that Jesus Christ, great signs he did. But the only thing they were interested in was bread to feed their flesh. That's what they wanted to see. And that would not have been enough because he did it for them before. Mm-hmm. He did it for them twice. Right. And now they're before him again, asking for the same thing. So you see what their bellies wanted was bread, physical things. Which those physical things are temporary. Amen. That's right. That's right. So we want to leave you with that. We just want you to meditate on that. Meditate on it. Why are you coming to Jesus? That's that's the biggest thing of these these different parts of this conversation is asking yourself continually, why do you come to Jesus? Is it to see something, then you'll believe? Or do you allow God to allow you to believe? Before you see something, see the, the, the Calvary, we didn't see, but according to the scriptures, because we have the Holy Spirit, we have a firsthand account, a witness, even dwelling in us. If you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have him dwelling in you and he defines and lets you know he bear witness that that really did happen. Because just having the Holy Spirit in you and recognizing the fact that God has given you the Holy Spirit is a sign that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again because he told his disciples that unless I go to my father, I cannot send the comforter to be with you. So if we're dwelling with the Holy Spirit, we are, we can be assured that the, that is a witness to us that what the scriptures say about him coming and bearing, putting on flesh, about him dying on the cross, and about him being raised from the dead is a confirmation when we are in the spirit of God being born again. Amen. Amen. So you want to close us out in prayer? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads, guides, and and teaches us all that you have for us, Lord. And Father, we ask that you would open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to apply your words to our life, that we will not be just hearers of your word only or forgetful hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of your word as well. So we thank you, Lord God, for your presence, for your love, for your grace and your mercy. And we ask these blessings to be on your people in the name of Jesus. Amen.